Well, I think it can be a real issue, um, you know, because you've got to do different menus. Um, you know, the person who's doing the cooking has to prepare two different kinds of meals. Um, your what you have in the house, there may be certain things that you have in the house that then becomes tempting to the you know to one person that they're not supposed to have it. So I think it can become a real issue uh, for couples. This week, what impact does diet play in a relationship when one spouse is, say, a vegetarian or vegan, while the other is an omnivore? Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to share her thoughts. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. You can find this information and more at her website, DrKarenSherman.com. Today, we're going to talk about how food and our diet can potentially impact our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I am not a vegetarian, uh, never have been. Um, my wife was. Uh, but anyways, I came across this article in Psychology Today that looked at the relationship of vegetarians and vegans uh, with their omnivore partners and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it 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 mentioned a couple of studies, um, but none of them I thought were like super interesting that I wanted to like dive into. But I thought the overall concept was interesting. And so, um, for example, one of the anecdotes that was mentioned in this Psychology Today article was that a vegetarian wife would not kiss her meat-eating husband after dinner. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. I would never have thought of it. Um, and like I said, so Jess, my wife, she was a vegetarian. As a matter of fact, she was a vegetarian when I met her and Mm -hmm. she started eating meat, um, you know, after we had already been together, but this was never an issue within our relationship of the, the kissing after a meal or anything. So Mm -hmm. how common of an issue do you think this is where there's like that kind of a barrier that gets thrown up based on diet? You're going to really think you, this is going to really go to the introduction you give me as as far as being brilliant. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. When I read this study and this you know anecdote, I have to say, and and please excuse me if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and listening into this and want to say that I am just totally unaware, I accept it, mm-hmm. but I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I suppose that if you really feel that there is a chance that you will be tainted because of the sharing of saliva, um, and so the 
um, food remnants of the uh, meat will then be given to you. I guess that's what's behind it. It seems a bit extreme to me, but again, my apologies if I am being insulting to anybody. Um, I don't think that it is based on, you know, some people choose to be vegetarians and vegans based on, which we'll get into later, I think, their principles. And I don't think that this is based on principles. I think it has more to do with not wanting to take in some of those food particles. And again, I think it's a bit extreme, but um, who am I to judge? Although I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I mean, um, I I wonder if this is a similar thing for um, like a teetotaler and somebody who's like out at a bar or something. Mm. Uh, If it's like, well, they've had a drink, so I'm not going to like kiss them. Or something. I, I just thought that was interesting. I, to your that's point, that's an interesting. You know, that's a very interesting um, parallel. Um, however, there's a there's a bad taste um, from alcohol. I don't know that there's a bad taste, but you know, being a meat eater, maybe I'm not aware of it. I don't. I don't know that there's a bad taste that's associated with meat eaters. Well, I was going to add that I do think there is like an ethical component. Um, to the meat ethical eating meaning, ethical yeah. meaning, like people don't eat meat for, uh, reasons of like, um, humanitarian or, uh, humane treatment of yes. animals and that sort of thing. So I get that part of it where there's not that root, that association with alcohol, although there is like a, a moral component to alcohol, I suppose for mm-hmm. some people, unless you're in church and then it becomes like the body of, or the, right. <laughs> the blood of right. Christ. And then all of a sudden alcohol becomes good again. So um, right. I, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I don't think that the not kissing is based on the principles or the ethical issues of mm, making that choice. You think it's based on like the taste or flavor or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Got it. Oh, so, that's interesting. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if anybody's listening who actually, um, this is a dynamic within your relationship or, you know, somebody where this is the relationship, I would be interested to hear as to why they choose not to kiss um, it, on what grounds are they doing that? So that's, that, that's a good point. Um, okay. So then beyond vegetarian or, or veganism, there are many different specialty mm-hmm. diets. Uh, how just in general dealing with dietary restrictions or lifestyles or however you want to like frame the topic, how, how much does that weigh on a couple? Do you think? Well, I think it can be a real issue. Um, you know, because you've got to do different menus, um, you know, the person who's doing the cooking has to prepare two different kinds of meals, um, your, what you have in the house, there may be certain things that you have in the house that then becomes tempting to the, you know, to one person that they're not supposed to have it. So I think it can become a real issue, uh, for couples. Uh, if there are are certain needs that one has that the other one doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, so, uh, I had my wife sign a HIPAA release. No, I'm just kidding. She, um, (laughs) (laughs) she has her own podcast and she's mentioned it on there. So I feel like I'm, it's safe for me to say it on this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, she has Lyme disease and, um, we were trying to figure out what was wrong when she, Mm -hmm. before she was diagnosed with it. And so she was having all sorts of weird reactions to food and all this different stuff. And so, I've been through this to where 
Um, I've made everything from scratch. I read every label in the house. Like I, we did like the elimination diet where you like mm-hmm. el- eliminate everything and then you right. like slowly add like a single ingredient and right. see how she responds. So I've done all of that. Um, mm-hmm. and so it can be like very burdensome. Um, yeah. it's interesting because, um, I find myself eating better because of dietary restrictions. Um, mm-hmm. and to your point about the, the um, temptations and things. I also find that I don't buy things that I probably would buy uh, mm-hmm. if there weren't dietary restrictions within the house because right. um, I don't want the temptation, nor do I want to like tempt her to have something that I know she likes, but sh- she's not supposed to have. Um, and it's probably better that I don't have it either. So I just don't now, buy things now. That that, guys- that's wonderful. But you see, Steve, not everybody is as kindly in their uh, attitude about their partner's eating and may feel deprived and may feel like, well, you know, okay, that's what you have to do, but why should I have to suffer because of it? Well, so it, yeah. it can be difficult. Yeah, no. Well, I, so I give you the good stuff. So the bad stuff is on occasion, I'm like, listen, <laughs> I need my giant bowl of pasta and meatballs. Mm. So, uh, I will make you like this very responsible meal. And then I'm going to make myself this like totally carb loaded mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dinner because I am craving it and I want it and I need it. So I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I have done that, but that, but to your point, like, and getting back to the whole, uh, way that I frame this question as of, um, like strain on a relationship or something. Um, it definitely adds work and effort to make two meals <laughs> at dinner time. Um, yeah. especially when we don't, uh, I know anybody who's been listening for a long time knows I don't have any kids. And so it li- really is like two full meals just for me and her, not like anybody else is going to share it with us. So I was just speaking to a client today who was saying that, um, they are a family of four and three of them have allergies. So the amount of preparation and cooking that had to go on because they were different allergies. Mm, of course. <laughs> you know, was was just unbelievable. It really became a task. And I think we talk about it later, but going out to eat ended up being mm-hmm. so unpleasant because mm-hmm. they, they couldn't find a place to go and then, you know, ordering and everything else. So it really does become an issue um, if there are certain needs that the different people in the family have. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's really an interesting thing. I, it's funny because I've noticed, especially with like high def cameras and high def TVs and stuff Mm -hmm. that I've started to notice people on TV, they have, um, like I can see like outbreaks and stuff that I associate Mm -hmm. with like food related allergies and things. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's just like interesting to see that and, um, and just think like, oh, I've, I recognize all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say if for anybody who's listening who has like all those dietary restriction things, like planning and preparation is like the absolute key in order to like get through it. Because without it, like it's hard, it's really hard to just like wing a dinner. Yeah. Don't have, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So does it matter in the dynamics with a couple if the diet is by choice or if it's by necessity. So meaning like it's required that like, say you have a diabetic in the house where they can't Mm -hmm. consume sugar and Mm -hmm. carbs and things like that versus, uh, you know, the whatever 
carnivore diet. Yeah, the, the caveman diet, diet or something. Right, yeah. exactly. I think absolutely. I think that if it is being done because it's a necessity, that there would probably be more of a willingness to go along with it um, because it's seen as this is something that really has to be done. This is not just my partner being uppity or difficult or, you know, in a phase. So I think that there is more likely to be cooperation um, if, in fact, it is a necessity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think that's a simple one. So there are a lot of social implications to what you eat and how it can impact your engagements. So like you just talked about going out to dinner with the, your client, um, mm. and going out to friends and things that people will or won't eat that's on the menu. Is there mm-hmm. a polite way to navigate those kind of, um, scenarios where there's a misalignment of like the friendship and the diet that you guys have going on in front of you? Well, you know, I think that if if you're going to go out for an evening with friends, if you say to them, you know, this is um, – it's important for me to be able to find um, a restaurant that will serve vegetarian meals, um, I'm happy to look over several menus to see if – they would have an option for me and then allow you to pick which one you're comfortable with. Would that work for you? Um, you know, most restaurants these days do have such a variety that most people can find something on the menu that mm-hmm. they'll eat. Um, a lot of times, you know, I have to watch my weight. So a lot of times um, I will want to make sure that there's something there that is dietetic. And when somebody says, do you want to go, you know, to X restaurant, I'll look up the menu, just make sure there's something on there that I can eat. Um, But again, most restaurants these days, uh, at least in, you know, cities, uh, will have vegetarian or vegan uh, options. So I think you just have to say, "I, I would love to spend time with you. I'm really anxious to, you know, get to see you. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, um, I practice a diet that consists of vegan options or mm-hmm. vegetarian options. Would you mind very much if I found a couple of restaurants that at least offered those choices and, you know, then run them past you? I think that you also have to be cognizant that what you offer isn't a restaurant that is only vegan or only vegetarian because if somebody is not following that kind of practice, they're not going to be so happy with the choices. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I, that would be the way that I would do it. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to add that a lot of restaurants to your point about what's on the menu, a lot of them are also accommodating to make substitutions or Mm -hmm. the elimination of certain ingredients Mm -hmm. when that's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I just know that like some some sometimes they can't because it's like baked into the sauce or something that they use universally yeah. and they can't like pull that out but um that's an option and and um to add to your recommendation sometimes you can just call ahead to the restaurant and say like hey I have this dietary restriction and can that be accommodated and mm-hmm. you know they'll just give you the yes or no and so when you go there yeah. and you can place your order comfortably and it'll be a no fuss kind of a scenario right right um so I'm going to kind of um, pull in all the stuff that we talked about here at this next one. Uh, advice for couples where one person is on a strict diet, whether that is out of necessity or choice, and the other isn't. Um, 
how might that cause friction and what can couples do to um, navigate that? Okay, so we've already discussed how it could cause friction because the shopping is going to be difficult, the preparation is going to be difficult, um, you know, it, it's one person might end up feeling deprived or whatever. So I think that, you know, my standard answer is that you have to have a discussion and just say, look, you know, um, I've decided that I have to start eating a certain way and here's why. Um, if you'd like to join me in it, that would be great. But if you don't, that's perfectly fine. Um, and here's what I've thought of that would allow us to be able to um, proceed where I can have my needs met and you can have your needs met. But I'm open to, you know, hearing some suggestions that you have. So, for instance, okay, um, when I cook every night, um, I don't eat anything carbs or sweet until Sunday. Sunday's my day to mm. give myself my treats. But every night, Rich will have soup and Rich will have a starch. Um, he can. He's got a great metabolism and he can do that. Mm -hmm. So I cook those for him, but I don't have them. I just don't have them. Um, and, um, you know, if there's like a little extra portion of something, not that I eat that much, um, he'll say to me, well, you take it because I've had the soup and the starch and, you know, take the little extra. So that's mm -hmm. how, you know, we accommodate that. But I think that, you know, there are lots of different ways that couples can come up with. They can decide, you know, um, uh, order again. They can decide every other night. They can decide, you know, uh, having two different sets of meals. There's, there's lots of different permutations. I think the most important thing is the respect for the person who needs to um, go along with a certain diet. Um, I think that it will be more acceptable if the person explains why they want to go on that diet. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, as I said, come up with some kind of game plan that isn't saying you must go along with me. Um, I recognize that, you know, you don't necessarily want to do this. So how can we accommodate both of us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I was just going to add that this is also why couples, um, tend to live longer and be a little healthier than singles. Mm. Um, because when one person takes on a healthier diet, it usually trickles down to the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, like, as I mentioned, like there's things that I don't buy because, um, because of dietary restrictions in the house, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so this, you know, you can look at it as a, a positive, not uh, something that's being taken away, but a, a, a way that you have found a soft motivation, I guess, uh, to be better yourself in a way. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm sure while you have, while, while Richie can consume the starches and carbs and things, I'm sure he eats less of it because of your diet. That's my guess. I don't know. Depends yeah. on the night. <laughs> Yeah. And I and I have to tell you, I really resent that he is able to do that. It really bothers me. Mm -hmm. But he was blessed with a very good metabolism and I wasn't. So that's the way it goes. Those are the breaks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Although he does, by and large, you are right, by and large, he eats healthier as far as his meals are concerned. Yeah. I, I mean, I just um, – anyways, yeah, I think that point's made. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add uh, before we, we close this one out? Um, I just think that, especially now because of the season that we're in or just were in, I don't know when the podcast will actually air, yeah. that holidays are going to be especially difficult, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're getting together with family, though, given that we had COVID this year, you may not have gotten together with family because the person who's hosting is, you know, cooking for a lot of people. And now if you come along and, you know, you can't eat everything they've prepared and, you know, you're, you want them to make yet another two or three dishes Mm -hmm. to accommodate your uh, particular needs, what might be helpful is you prepare those dishes and bring them. I was, yep. I was okay, just going to say that. Yep. Yeah. But ask the hostess if it's okay because you don't also don't want to insult them. Yeah. As you, you, to your point, you bring it up as a favor to them and just say, you know, I have a lot of dietary restrictions. I don't want to put the burden on you of having Correct. to prepare it. Um, do you mind if I make something and bring it over for everybody? Right. Uh, right. but at least that way I know there's something safe for me to eat exactly. at the table. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, that's it's it's funny because that's one of the things that I probably miss the most during the pandemic lockdown is getting together with friends and cook because I like to have people over and cook big meals um, mm-hmm. and uh, just like hang out and chat and drink wine and eat good food and just not being able to do that. But I liked um, prepping things and, you know some friends would come over and bring a dish or two and it's just, it's just, yeah, that's one of those things that I miss, but among others, yeah, among many others, but that is the one that is, that was part of my regular schedule. I would say like we had standing engagements with friends that, uh, I definitely miss, but we'll get back there. Uh, Yes. Yes. Anywho, um, this was great, Karen. Um, uh, we will wrap this one up. Thank you so much for your time. It is always a pleasure and we'll talk again very soon. Okay, thank you. All right, my pleasure. And before you go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find it on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, along with the complete archive of the podcast. Uh, Also, thousands of articles for free. Um, And uh, we have a free newsletter that goes out uh, weekly um, on Monday evenings, which is a great, easy, quick way to uh, find out what we're doing every week. Um, And lastly, we are also on the socials. So you can uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, We are Hitch Media on Twitter, uh, facebook.com forward slash hitched on uh, Facebook obviously. Um, and so, yeah, uh, there's also all the social buttons on our website to, uh, quickly find us because we're on all of them, uh, all the big ones at least. So if you want to follow us there, you can do that too. So that is going to do it for us this week. The, uh, until next time, take care, everybody. We know that it's Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know it's Let's smoke! We're on top of the world tonight!